Hey everyone, welcome to the Just Pick Something podcast. We like to discuss movies, TV shows. Um, that's pretty yeah, pretty much movies and TV shows. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, maybe okay. one day we'll do podcast commentary or podcast op- commentary or something else. Uh, I mean, shoot, we're we're branching out a little bit here. All right, audio, audio drama discussion. Yeah. Oh my god, did you read? Did you listen to that audio book? It was phenomenal. Ooh, did, I mean, that new Batman audio drama just dropped. Gotta check that out. I heard that it was really good. I haven't tried it yet. Me either, but yeah, I do also want to listen to that, you know, not joking aside. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me try again. (laughs) Movies, new and old, and TV shows, anything and everything that comes across our table that we like to watch, we'll we'll talk about it. Again, this time we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, Typically, we just talk about one movie, but because we're, we're talking about my favorite movie of all time, we also are doing things a little extra all right so my favorite movie of all time first off is 12 angry men 1957 henry fonda great awesome but then in 1997 they remade it garbage terrible oh wait i, I ruined I, I i didn't bury the lead never mind uh, wow wow um, I, dang coming in hot i was not expecting that cool all right <laughs> no i'm kidding uh anyway <laughs> But 1957, directed by Sidney Lumet. 1957, directed by Sidney Lumet. The 1997 version, uh, directed by William Friedkin. I'm going to pretend that that's how it works. Uh, It was written by Reginald Rose. It was originally broadcasted in 1954. It was a play first. And at the time of this podcast, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, You can rent it. You can buy the original, which is a good idea. You can rent a remake for way too much money. Or you can stream either of them on Tubi for free. Yeah, that's where I watched it. And I was glad to because it did save me like six bucks, you know? (laughs) It saved you a lot of money, in my opinion. That's way too much. Um, I did not bury the lead. I love... Okay, so first off, I love the original movie. 1957, 12 Angry Men, Mm -hmm. Henry Fonda. Love that movie. Like, a little background because... This is 100% my favorite movie. So, like, I have to get into it a little bit. Okay, no, dude, I want to hear it, man. Share. Okay, so it's crazy. The history I have with this movie is insane, uh, to me at least, because I had the first time watching this movie was in second grade. Which is like, yo, like you watched Twelve Angry Men when you were in seven, eight. Like, yes, I did. I have movies like that too, <laughs> right? And it's like, I like, I, I was in the gifted program. I had just gotten into it the first day that I was in it. They're like, okay, we're watching Twelve Angry Men, and I'm like, all right, cool, dope, whatever this is, I'll watch it. We watch this movie, and I'm like, this is my best, my favorite movie of all time. I, I'm seven, eight years old. I have decided this. It is set in stone. No one will ever up, upheave this movie. Whatever. <laughs> Next day, what was the movie we watched yesterday? I I don't remember the title but i stayed with it i was like no matter what no matter what movie came out that was like way better in my like, or like to anybody else i would still be like yeah this is great my favorite movie is still 12 angry men oh your favorite movie is iron man cool 12 angry men your favorite movie is godfather 12 angry men and it's not like a purist thing like it wasn't like a classical movie thing like i i, I found out later in life that people are like oh this movie is like a film nerd like purist type <laughs> film that they point to and i'm like no i had no idea about any of that stuff mm-hmm. it was literally i watched it in second grade never stopped thinking about it never knew the title and was like constantly like it was this movie this movie was my favorite and to the point where my brother found it when i was in high school and bought me a, a dvd copy 
And after that, I was able to like actually like, oh my god, like I know I know it is inside and out. I watched it like every day when I got home from school. Like it is not I do not say that it is my favorite movie with any like little bit of like, you know, like some people are like casually, oh yeah, you know, this is my favorite movie. I'm like, no, no, no. Like it is a passionate point that this is my favorite movie. Like if like you're like, oh Anthony, rank your favorite movies. Twelve Angry Man is always at the top, along with some other weird movies that like you would totally not think that I would put with that film. <laughs> It's like, what's your favorite movie, Anthony? It's like, oh, well, 12 Angry Men. Uh, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim's in there. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, it's a great movie. Moulin Rouge, Moulin, um, just a bunch of movies. <laughs> and it's like, and 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men's the one that stays, though. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what, always at number one. It never shifts. So it's one of those things where, for me, it was always crazy. It was just, it was just a movie that, I like again it was a movie that I watched one time and I could never get out of my head and I was like seven dude like it was fundamental like in mm-hmm. in regards to my movie watching and what how I view movies today I mean it's a it's a really good movie to show I guess a kid because you know at least the 1957 version like it's not inappropriate for a child to watch, and but it's also like really well done in terms of commentary and like a kid can pick up all the little details and stuff and be like, oh, I'm glad these angry men are trying to get just. And then as an adult, you can be like, oh, wow, I see a lot of like commentary and societal representation and troubles at the time. And, you know, the inherent like, I don't know, value in depicting something like this movie. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised it hit so well for you as a kid. It's a really good movie. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, no, I've, man, I've recommended it so many times over the years. And, you know, I've, I've never met anybody who's actively been like, this is my favorite movie, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like a lot of people, again, it's more of, of like, a, it's like, a, it's more, I guess it's, it's a film student type of film because it's like, oh, there's a lot of like craftsmanship that goes into this film that like really stands the test of time. It does, and, yeah. And that it's, it's just one of those things where it's like oh it's kind of a snobbish answer 12 angry men like oh yeah well obviously 12 angry men i don't think it's that snobbish man it's a it's a solid movie you know <laughs> yeah well i i think that's like yeah it's just it's just a film that like i don't i don't i don't hear a lot of people talk about it and when people do um it's usually in that vein well, where it's like mm, i mean like you only like that because you're like you're a film person and <laughs> as, as a film person yes 100 but it got me to be a film person so like i guess that's fair yeah well I I think, you know, I didn't watch this movie until uh, this episode. I've never seen it, heard of it, because it's such a famous movie, right? Never really knew much about it. Um, And then when I watched it and sat down and enjoyed it, right, I realized that this movie has been parodied or referenced or inspired, like, a lot of episodes of TV or other, like, movies. First one that came to mind was there was an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where the mom, Lois, had to go to court, and, like, they had a whole 12 Angry Men episode. And I really liked that episode, and it wasn't until i watched this movie i was like they were referencing this movie okay without having known that it was like so popular right Mm -hmm. and like i didn't again it like hit me when i was older that it was like this big thing Mm -hmm. like freaking they there's an issue of uh batman where they do where they have a 12 angry men plot and i was like where batman goes in because he beat up mr freeze and he's like oh well actually i found out later that mr freeze is innocent so now i gotta be on the jury to convince everybody else that Mr. Freeze is innocent. Like, I I love 12 Angry Men references. Please give me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like, they're, like... <laughs> they're in a bunch of... It's, 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 it's referenced, like, in The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and... been adapted into other play performances around the world. Yep, a huge... It's way bigger than I ever thought it was, and I... It, yeah, um... Family Guy did it. King the Hill did it. I, I mean, I don't know. Name a TV show. They might have done it, you know? Like, it... 
Most of, most times, if anybody ends up on a court on a on a jury, they they riff <laughs> off of Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, Murder She Wrote did it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, Murder She Wrote. That is really good. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's like the play. It's so easy to adapt and kind of like stands the test of time because it's kind of like one of those things that where if you start becoming an adult and you start learning about the criminal justice system, right? And you hear about all the like horrible examples of trials being kind of swayed or, you know, the judge being corrupt or this and that or whatever, right? You kind of like hope that the brave guy that stands like his morals or something and is like, I don't think we should be trivializing this matter. There's a man's life at stake. It's inspirational. You want this to be a thing, inspire people to... you know, take things like that seriously, right? Yeah. So yeah, unsurprisingly, 1957, 1997, and it's pretty obvious that like, yeah, this is great material to adapt. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I just because it is, I, I, I'll never stop singing the praises of this movie, um, but you you mentioned it where it's like the conflict of the story is a guy trying to convince a bunch of people of whether or not this person can be convicted guilty, right? I, if, I will say this. If there's anything I can say about this movie that's negative, it's that, I mean, maybe that's not the the best thing to do. Sometimes people are just guilty. Yeah. Yeah, well. (laughs) We don't know if this kid is actually innocent or not. We hope. Yeah, I mean. We hope to God. We we were convinced. (laughs) True, true. I mean, okay. So it is pretty clear that they make a point to show in the movies, both adaptations, right? That the way the man, the juror that Jack's, I don't remember the number he is, uh, maybe 12, you know, Henry Fonda's character. Eight. The way juror eight presents that knife and is like, I found this knife and they're like, you can't do that. That's not legally precedent. You can't just go get a knife, bring it and be like, here's evidence to like sway our, our opinion or something. And um, I'm not sure how accurate that is. They do make it kind of a point in the movies that this wouldn't happen in a normal, whatever the, the meeting is called, where they decide that um, the defendant is guilty or not guilty. It's very movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. yeah like it, it's, it's all exaggerated, inspirational on purpose. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was a great movie. I really liked it. I, I could have sworn that, like, I recognized his name from somewhere, and it wasn't until I realized that, like, he's the dad of Jane Fonda. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, well, you should recognize Henry Fonda's name because he's he's a big actor for his time. But yeah. So, I, dude, I'm, I just haven't seen that many old classic movies that he's been in, you know? Like, the name Fonda, my first bot is Jane Fonda. That's fair. Yeah. And uh, I mean, did, you should also recognize at least, most people should recognize at least one of the other jurors. I don't know if you recognize them after the fact or during the film um, um if you, which one juror number was it he was two juror number two john fielder i'm not going to pretend like i remember <laughs> what, what his name is okay you'll remember his most iconic role though what is it piglet oh really oh yep. okay cool he was the voice of piglet I, di- I didn't recognize that man that's pretty neat it was one of those things where i that was like one of the things that i learned when i was a kid was like oh this is this is piglet and i was like <laughs> oh yeah it totally is you hear you can hear it in his voice very clearly you know it's really funny I didn't recognize him, but there was another juror I thought I recognized for a brief minute. I kept trying to place it, and I was like, why does this guy look so familiar? William Dafoe? No, this is, but this man looks so much like William Dafoe. He's just, for some reason, my brain was like, I think that's Henry did William Dafoe. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I, man, there's so much I could say about the, the original version that I love. And like from like ev- pretty much every aspect. 
there is a reason that again we talk I, I keep on mentioning the film student thing it is very good to go back to to like just look at how they do it because the way the way they filmed back in the day was obviously more economic in regards to like we can't do a lot of flashy cuts can't do a lot of flashy ca- camera angles this was filmed in two rooms it's, a, it's basically a bottle room episode yeah yeah well there's like a, a moment in the courtroom and outside of the courtroom but for the most part the entirety of the film is well comparing both films right you can kind of tell they were done a little bit on like the cheap because you know one location an act like a group of actors it's it, it works so well as an adaptation of a play yeah. because it also makes sense as a play you know like you have one set one room that you could see everything as an audience member right you can maybe but move I, them over to the side for like one scene and that's about it mm-hmm, yes characters can like step forward to the stage and take like an aside or something with a spotlight on them the thing i really liked about the 1957 version of 12 angry men was i think there was a little more creative cinematography with angles and close-ups and what the camera focused on compared to the television adaptation in 1997. Like there was more contrast in the characters and the lighting in the 1957 version in comparison to the 1997 version. You could tell that the uh, 1997 version was very much a TV adaptation where the camera was a little more shaky. It felt a little more like, you know, bare bones and like the way they kind of followed the characters and what they chose to focus on. It was really cool seeing that distinction between the two films. Yeah, so the 1956 version was very different in regards to the, at least cinematography as well as, and this is something that a lot of people don't pay attention to because obviously it's not like a huge thing that people talk about. Like when people talk about cinematography, they're like, oh man, like the shot was perfect. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, but like what goes into that shot and with 12 Angry Men, a very specific thing that they did perfectly was the staging, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, there's the shot where all 11 jurors are on one side of the room and the one that the juror number three that they're arguing with yeah. right, is on the other. And they have an iconic shot of all 11 just looking at him. They have every character placed so perfectly and in a pose and position where it's like you can understand where they're like, like you understand a, a little bit more about their character from this one shot. Right. And it's one of those things where like in the, the newer version, the 96 version, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you guys, you guys took a, a way more modern take on it. Mm-hmm. You have more tricks and things that you can do with the camera and more free room to play with in regards to like how you use that, how you use your time and i I mean it wasn't used well (laughs) (laughs) if you have like so if you want to like i'm I'm gonna say this i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna segue to the to the newer one okay okay i keep on shooting i keep on like shooting it while it's down kind of thing yeah okay (laughs) one of the things i will say about the new one which is insane like just phenomenal in regards to like if the 1956 version was like just mm-hmm. like all-star people that you like will see in a bunch of other classic films yeah right at the time like the 96 version is that for like tv oh yeah yeah that's true there was some big like names in the tv version too it was also really cool how they modernized it a little bit by adding a more diverse cast yes. which which really changed the motivation and the meaning behind some of the characters like upbringings or thought patterns or just I guess the most recognizable difference in terms of who that character is as at his core was Juror 10 the man who had like a racist bias towards the case and then they changed him into a black man yeah not not, not only that but it was the the original um, movie which was an old white man versus the, the 1997 TV version which was an older black man which yep. is a huge difference in like reasoning why he's 
so racially biased, you know? Yeah, it's crazy to see, like, because it changes, it, it just changes the context, because, yeah. like, so much. Because, like, on, on the old one, it's understandable. This guy, even if it's not necessarily racist, because, like, we don't know too much about the kid, right? Oh, uh, okay. So, in the 57, I really enjoyed the subtext in the original black and white movie. Yeah. I really wanted to pay attention to see if at any point they outright said the race of the person. Yeah. It was all very much implied like, oh yeah, he's, you know, under underprivileged. He's from the slums. He like, you know, it's kind of one of them. One of them, the other, right? And then yeah. it was just kind of letting your brain fill in what it could possibly be. Yeah. And then like you finally get some confirmation of that towards the later half of the movie. But in the TV version, they outright have it in color. Yeah. Juror number 10 specifically drops some very old school like slurs at that defendant. Like, I haven't heard that slur in, like, quite a long time, you know? It's, it's because, yeah, the original, I think you see one shot of the kid. Mm-hmm. He's ethnically ambiguous. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. black and white, so it's hard to tell yeah. skin color or tone. Uh, arguably, like, maybe, because based on the time period, like, Italian, Hispanic. Could be Italian, could be, like, uh, Irish, could be Hispanic, yeah. you know, like, immigrant. Especially since it feels like it takes place in New Jersey, New York kind of area, you yeah. know? And and so with that, it's, yeah, it was very much like, okay, so we have to get it from context. Like mm-hmm. we, and we can apply it to modern day uh, relations, but in that one, it's very far more subtle. And the new one, because of the color, yeah, it was just very obvious. It was like, we made specific choices mm-hmm. to highlight this, these dynamics and to change that juror specifically to an older black man is both a fantastic choice because it does shift that dynamic so much, but also it's like, it, it's interesting, but it weirdly like, I feel like it takes away from that, that really? dynamic in the in the original. I I, I kind of liked it more. Really? That's, yeah. Okay. I'll let you say your yours first, and then I'll I'll say mine, and then because I have some good reasons behind it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So I like the idea that it it kind of is. It's not like a self hate thing, but it's more of a, like a generational. Um, if it, it, to me, it comes more across like a generational thing. The 1957 version. No, uh, the newer version, 1997. Right. Okay. Where it's like this is an older black man speaking on a younger black man and mm-hmm. talking about like the people that that he sees running around now. Right. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, oh. My view, my view of this is entirely generational. Like, oh, these kids, these kids, like these thugs. I wasn't like this kind. Like, you know, like it was more of like an otherness that was different from the the older one. The older one was very clearly like, oh, like I have like some racial ethnic like divide. Yeah, that clear cutness was very poignant in that version because it was a good moment for the time period. It was a really good moment to be like, yo, like yeah, we don't we don't mess with that. Like that's not okay. I mean, that, that moment was so powerful when all the jurors stood up and just faced away from him in yeah. the uh, black and white version. Like, it was so well where they almost, like, did it like dominoes, where each one stood up and turned away as he continued his, like, racist rants about the other that he views as inferior or whatever. Yeah, and so I, I don't feel that moment is you don't get that same level of moment with the new one where the, the emotion hits that hard because the response from the characters is still not great. Like, you know, like they're like, yo, we don't, yeah. we're not cool with this, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a very different, we're not cool with this. And when you're like, yo, you're being a racist old dude and we need you to stop. And with the newer one, it's more of like, yes, no, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, totally get that. You know, I, I think the reason for me why it hit better or not better, but in a different way that I enjoyed a little more 
Okay. Was that like, I think it's extremely powerful that the man who did it was, you know, an older black man who was having this racing tyrant because it felt so uh, just, you know, hurtful towards yeah. everyone else in the room who was also not white. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, it feels like a bigger betrayal where these characters in this room, because of the characters that they're picking, right? They all seem to have come from a lifestyle that like you know maybe the kid could have been one of them almost right because you know somebody you got have a watchmaker who looks like a, he could be a foreigner you have another black character who's trying to lead everyone and have a clear uh respectful discussion you you know you have more of a diverse presence so when this man goes on such as like a racist tyrant of like this you know bigotry right it just feels like shock and betrayal at the gall of this guy to say such hurtful things yeah like when we're like in the room with him yeah yeah and it's kind of like a form of racism that you don't uh, get commentary on as much as like the old school racism that you saw in the 1957 version right yeah. where like you know at that time if it's great to see someone acknowledge the fact that this older white man is out of his depth he's gone with the times he needs to catch up to modern society right yeah but in the 1996 seven version it is relatively modern society compared to the time difference between the original right so it's kind of like a disappointing acknowledgement that things haven't changed as much as you would hope and if anything's you know there's just this unfortunate i don't know supremacy among like you know minority communities that is kind of just sad to see still you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i get that and i appreciate that take again i think it's a very man it's it's a that is a bold choice to make when you when you change that character right yeah dude especially the response after the fact right in the 1957 version of that that juror felt he was more ashamed that everyone else didn't see his way where in this 1997 version it looked like he was just like yeah i'm doubling down i don't care if you guys think i'm racist i i said what i said deal with it but i'll vote not guilty like it doesn't feel like the characters around him won you know it just feel like a unfortunate resignation of defeat and being like fine yeah i guess maybe that's what it is like there's like a moral victory in the 52nd and the 56th version yeah it's inspiring yeah <laughs> i mean I, in, in this you know there's there's always arguments that this is like a white savior kind of film because it is like a white guy arguing in behalf of minority, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. So I guess there's like that aspect of the <laughs> version. Where, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like my white saviorness is like, it's just raging right now. I love this. <laughs> I'm green booking it up. But, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's def that's definitely a thing that you apply. But it's also like, the you know, it's a different time where yeah. you just wanted more diversity in movies in the 50s. And you just didn't get it, so you just kind of took what you can get, right? Yeah, and, but like, like it was, it was certain. Like I think, like while there was obviously, like you know, there's a response by juror number four or something like that, where they're like, he, he takes it very personally because it's like, yeah. oh, you're talking about like me right now, like I'm one of those guys. Yeah, dude, shit, man, I took it personally, and like oh, if yeah. it was, you know, like it was just like, God, this guy sucks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in both movies, I think that's the case, but like I think, yeah, like um, <laughs> I think when you change it and you make more of the cast. Uh, diverse i think just diluting that moment right like i yeah. think it was just a simple clean moment in a filmmaking sense and a writing and directing and staging and all that that like mm. changing it is it's crazy like it, it just adds a little bit more depth to it where it's like and i think there's also a like a point to be made where it's like story is a little bit more tragic as well as a little bit more inspirational where in the original version it's mostly people who aren't of this kid's race mm -hmm. who are arguing for him and it's like one of those things where it's like yeah no like historically speaking a, a, a 
jury of your peers doesn't necessarily mean your peer. So yeah. with the new yeah. one, it's more of like, oh, well, some of these people are actually like from the same community. Like they have the same background, like they're of yeah. the same race. And it's like, it, it does, it just sh- it changes the dynamics a little bit. Oh yeah, for, for sure. And I've, I mean, I, I, I want to like, I would love to see a newer, newer version only I, because. <laughs> I actually would love to see a newer version. It's, it, you Okay, 2027. Let's go. Come on. I need another 12 Angry Men adaptation in 2027. Yeah. It's, uh, no, well, 2037, right? Because 40 years? Yeah, yeah, sure. 2047, 2027. I just want to see another adaptation of this. Because, like, okay, so in a weird way, I com- I totally agree with what you're putting down about the dynamics being changed a bit, which leads to, you know, kind of a different interpretations of, like, jury of your peers kind of thing, right? But on the other hand, it is showing, I guess, in the TV version that the diversity that has always existed in that region of like New York, New Jersey is actually more represented than the TV version than the 1957 version. Because like there's actual people of color who have always been around in that city forever, you know? And I guess it's more just like who they chose to feature this time where maybe in the 57 version, you'd be like, oh yeah, maybe it's more like European immigrants. And now it's more just like diverse people completely, right? But yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see the changes. And man, it would be so good to see another adaptation of this in like modern modern times right yeah I, I say that because it'd be really cool because like one i want a better director handling this film <laughs> but also it's like yeah like you said like the like the the modernization of the 97 version yeah. is like oh well like you know with modern we can have a more diverse cast and you know we understand a little bit more dynamics of it a little bit better and it's like imagine today we do that and you're like well i mean we take we got we take it a step forward right like yeah we, we like it, the movie's called 12 angry men mm-hmm. but we don't need only men right like yeah 100 percent. that'd be my first my first go-to be like diverse cast in terms of modern day context right yeah, but oh. we changed we changed the the people involved we changed race we can yeah like no like the dynamic will be like sexuality all these things could be changed yeah yeah i mean it would be way they made the the judge a woman in the 97 version which was dope okay i have a funny thing you could add to the modern interpretation of this with one object i think it'd be funny to modernize the air conditioner like they did in the (laughs) in the films oh man (laughs) like the fan was a funny moment in the 57 version because at that time you know air conditioning was still blowing up all over the world right so it was really funny to see the fan right and then in the 97 version it was like oh look the acs works right and i feel like in the modern movie it could be like oh hey just open a window turn off the ac we got to save energy or greenhouse you know emissions or something right like that just the little thing would be like oh yeah no no it's super hot and you find out (laughs) that it was actually yeah there's a character there that purposely turned off the ac and opened up the windows (laughs) because they were like i wasn't gonna turn it on we didn't need it (laughs) (laughs) see that'd be a great way to modernize it a little bit too (laughs) yeah like but yeah back to the the 97 version i mean like i appreciate like the actors involved it's a great story still like it's not gonna change but it's like the there's a a dynamism of the original that i think the newer one lacks both from like a cinema a cinematography standpoint Mm -hmm. and like a staging point as well as just the the line reads i just don't think are strong oh dude the performances were very much if especially when you watch them back to back or like near each other in terms of watching i kind of wish 
there was an amalgamation of aspects of some of the performances in the first movie and the performances in the second one. Yeah. Like, um, for example, in near the end of the 1957 version, you have that like finishing speech of the remaining juror that still won't vote for not guilty, right? How he's going on. Yeah. I did that monologue, actually. I did that monologue in my drama class. Really? Like, yep. It's a solid monologue, dude. I'm, I'm not surprised. I hope you killed it because it's great. It's a great monologue. I did. Well, what did the when he like yells at them like in the like the near the very end of it because I'm doing the monologue in like a small room. I like <laughs> the entire room jumped when I did it, and I was like, "Bruh, this is great!" <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I um in the '57 version, I really like how he took out the wallet. He was so animated with his movements and like props and stuff. You saw the like picture of him and his boy. And like, you know, it was very much implied and you got it from like context, what it was actually trying to say, right? Yeah. And then in the 97 version, I really liked how emotional and raw the actor got where he started to cry a little bit compared to like the quiet sadness of the 57 version. I, I really liked that both performances i just wish that in the 97 version the juror after wasn't like but he's not your boy you know like it was kind of like a little on the nose yeah. right it was like it was, yeah it was like on the nose things it's like it's just subtle stuff man like yeah they just add like a little bit too much to it where i'm like yeah no we didn't need that yeah it was like we didn't need it it was such a it was so good and it almost robbed it a little bit of that impact you know yeah it's like a, i got it i know he was he was talking about how this could be his boy he didn't have to point it out but yeah let's say with the same juror juror number three and uh, Henry Fonda's character, Seven, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he has a name, and I've watched this movie so many times that I should remember his name. But uh, God, <laughs> I, I will tell you that I won't even, like, again, I'm struggling with the juror numbers. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like it's like 12 jurors across two movies, so 24 jurors, you know? It's, yeah, it, so I'm trying it's, to, like, remember it over the top of my head. But uh, mm -hmm. the moment with the knife where they're, like, testing out, like, doing the stabbing thing. But, uh, so, yeah, Henry Fonda and the, the, one, the, the one who holds out until the very end. I don't remember which one is which. But so when they have the moment where he's like, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. And Ooh. like, oh, you don't really mean you'll kill me, do you? And like, just like that, <laughs> like that, that like confrontation and the delivery of those lines in the original, yeah. when I saw it in the new one, I almost laughed at how the new one did it because that, that was not even close to as good. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the delivery on some of the lines were so much better in the 57 version. Like the, the moment where the character was talking about how the person on trial can't even speak English properly. The other guy corrects his English and it's just that like awkward moment. It's, oh, shut up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, moments like that. It's it's just, man, there was just really good performances in like the 57 version. But there were also some really good performances in the 97 version. And like, you're right. It was a really big who's who of television yeah. actors, you know, like James Gallofini. Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Edward James almost, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Like, there were some big uh, actors at that time. Big guests right there, yeah. Uh, I think, th you know, I I feel like I really liked James Fonda's performance in the 57. Or, sorry, not James Fonda. I combined Jane Fonda's name and him. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Fonda's performance in the 57 version. Like, he was such a good lead for that movie. Did such a good job. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't think it works as well if you don't have Jane, Jane Fonda. I think, like, to, to prove, to, to again go back to the differences... I don't think it works as well in the newer version because it just doesn't work mm -hmm. in in regards to uh, it doesn't work in regards to 
how like his performances doesn't doesn't carry the film like Henry Fonda does. Yeah, there was some performances in the fifty-seven version where you just kind of felt the character of who the person is a little more clearly through context. There was um, one of the jurors felt a little more like, I don't know, I guess you could say shy or meek or maybe cowardly and felt very inspirational when he would stand up for himself or talk back to someone or like the quiet emerging of some of the characters' opinions or or how some of the characters, you know, were initially not taking seriously and then they started taking seriously. Like it was really good performances in the 57 version and it felt like it was a little less that in the 97 version, right? Like James Gandolfini did great as his character in the 97 version, I really liked how he had that role of the, the New Yorker character, I guess, from the, the 57 version. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, he went out to be on The Sopranos, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> okay, so just because I randomly was like, I could have swore there was a piece, piece of trivia about the new one mm-hmm. uh, that was like really like about how, like who played who. Mm-hmm. Um, it, none of that matters. Uh, what I found out, what I found was super interesting was the director of the 97 version uh, was in Inspired by the O.J. Simpson murder trial and the fallout Ooh. of his acquittal oh. in conceiving the update of the plot. Wow, that is that is a huge inspirational difference behind the 97 version. But I guess that's also pretty topical of the time, uh, the, the 90s. Wait, does that mean that the 57 version was inspired by something also topical at that time? Um, um, I have no idea. That's a good, that's a good question. I mean, I could be about to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really curious now, too. <laughs> and some other facts, but none of them were as interesting as that. Um, but mostly about like, oh, this these people. Uh, so in looking that up, right, um, the director, uh, Reginald Rose, right, he wrote a bunch of stage adaptations of the story. Yeah. So there were some theatrical adaptations that had like all female cast. Like some of the, t- the sometimes the play was retitled 12 Angry Jurors, 12 Angry Men or, and Women, 12 Angry Women, etc. You know, like, um. That was pretty cool. And like from there, I just keep saying about all the different adaptations that went on to be, you know, like even their audio version for like radio in like the 2000s. Yeah, I know there's a lot. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Next one, 12 Angry Mexicans. <laughs> I mean, there there were all like foreign adaptations. So that might have been a thing. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a Russian one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think a German one too, a Hindi one in India. I mean, like it's, it's a good. Oh, a so, Chinese one called 12 Citizens. <laughs> interesting that yeah i mean dude solid movie i can see why this is one of your favorite like movies it, it was really good you can just if not having seen it now man like its impact on pop culture is so felt like you know it's in so many inspirational things in movies and tv shows nowadays you know over time especially like uh like that one mock in the middle episode i told you about and okay look I, this is the first for like the first piece of trivia and this is just like a dedication to what the heck they're doing in the film right mm-hmm. and it is it's like at the beginning of the film the cameras are all positioned above eye level and mounted with wide angle lenses to give the appearance of greater distance between the subject as the film progresses the camera slipped down to eye level and by the end of the film nearly all of it is shot below eye level in close-up and with telephoto lenses to increase the encroaching sense of claustrophobia yeah see that that that's pretty dope i like that it's kind of like hearing or it's kind of like the idea of like good 
good CGI versus bad CGI. When it's good, you don't notice it, but it's great and adds a lot to the film. And when it's bad, you really notice it and it takes you out of it, you know? And like, I, I really appreciated the film camera work in the 57 version. It made a huge difference in terms of the quality of the film too. They stay, they stay on moments just a little bit longer. You get to feel the weight of certain lines mm-hmm. and like how it's very important. It's like, it's, it's very specific how they decide to direct the characters that like yeah like the 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 97 version is more modern and there's like a lot more flourishes that you'll get from a newer film but uh there are times where i was like you didn't need to cut to a reaction or anything right there like you didn't you need to like the musical notes like just were just like a little off it was just there's it's a very nuanced difference i i did like the score change the score was really nice in the 57 version compared to the tv but like oh yeah it was also a tv adaptation versus a movie adaptation right so like it, it gets a little leeway for me in terms of that. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I'm not gonna... Like, I think I would return to the 57 version probably more than I would the 97 version. It's not bad, and I would definitely recommend it maybe just to compare the two, but the 57 version is just so solid. It's like, It feels like it's an obvious classic. I think, yeah, no, I think there's... I think the, the main reason you watch the new the newer version is to compare it and to just to see the difference that just small choices make, the way that, like... The reason I want like a newer version, but I want it I, like when I want a newer version of this film, I want like the way Spielberg did West Side Story because West Side Story feels like it was shot with like a level of grandeur that you don't get in a lot of modern day film, mm-hmm. right? With a lot of the newer way, the newer techniques of doing it. It felt classic. I don't know if you watch uh, Spielberg's West Side Story. No, I really want to watch it because- It's phenomenal, watch it. I, I really, it's on my list to watch. It's because one of the reasons I really wanted to watch it is because it has Rita Moreno. You know, okay. like she, she yeah. plays Valentina. Yeah. yeah, dude, she has such an interesting like life in the film industry. And like, I'm really excited to see her because she was in the original too. She played Anita in the original West Side Story in 1961. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see that movie eventually. And I'm glad to hear it's really good. I think, yeah, it's, it's very much one of my favorite movies from last year. Um, I think it's definitely, man, I think a lot of people, it's, okay, this is this is a version, if we're going to talk about like the differences that you make in terms of ethnicity and like diversity and all that stuff in regards to your mm-hmm. film, West Side Story is how you do it. I feel like this is the right way to do it, right? In the sense that the first one had similar, you know, topics of like racial and ethnic issues and stuff like that commentary, but like, it wasn't really like a focus. And while it's still not a focus in the new one, uh, they do a lot of work to take that into account when the characters ask for characters where like, okay, for example, you know, obviously Maria and her family and the, the sharks are all puerto rican Mm -hmm. so there's a good portion of them when they're in private where they speak spanish right Mm -hmm. in the original film they don't they're all mostly white actors well i think yeah they're pretty much almost all entirely white actors Mm -hmm. in in brown face (laughs) but the new one is like no 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 we take into account that these these characters are hispanic we yeah. take that into account to the dynamics in regards to how they talk to each other, why, how their conversations take part. Like, it's entirely different. And it's also funny. I don't know if you watched Into the Heights. I did, dude. I really liked Into the Heights. It was a good movie. Yeah. In, was In the Heights or In, in, in the Heights? Yeah. In, in the so, Heights. Yeah. 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 So it's it's crazy watching West Side Story and then 
remembering and or watching In the Heights next because they are about very similar groups of people and the issues that they are facing as like a fan, as like a community. It's like, yo, like, is this ever going to stop? <laughs> dude, um, I mean, dude, it's the same feeling about 12 Angry Men. Like, it's thing about being like, damn, dude, it really sucks that like it's timeless because it keeps being relevant in, in terms of society because it's it's like great. But it's also sad and it sucks because it's like, oh, man, you don't want, you know, young immigrant men or, you know, impoverished people being tried and sentenced to death for a crime they might not have committed, right, with a jury that's very biased and has their own issues and that they bring to the court case, you know? It's like, it's it's, it's not a, ha- a fun thing to still be a thing, you know? It sucks. Yeah, no, it, and that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to, like, watch a movie that came 40 years after it and be like... <laughs> Yeah, no, like some of this still, some of this still kind of still things, and we're watching it thirty years after that. So you're talking yeah, about like, and- oh, like this sucks. <laughs> so like watch, like it's crazy because you know you'll see like uh, going back to West Side Story, you'll see characters in West Side Story that you know are like the age that the grandma was when she came to America in in, in the Heights. Mm-hmm. So she'll, they'll be talking about what how you know what what her her and her mom used to do for work and stuff like that when she was younger. And I was like, oh my god, like it's crazy to think of like the generations and how much like stuff has shifted, but like how much of the stuff has stayed the same. And like, yeah, the institutional oppression that faces a lot of people. Yeah, so, like that's why I want to see this movie in a new one because one, it gets you like fresh eyes on it, but two. It's not a flashy movie. It doesn't need to be a flashy movie. And I want to see someone who just re- like takes reverence in the simplicity of the story. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Fences. Uh, with uh, Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't particularly like Fences as a film, only because it is mm-hmm. way better as a play. But like, there's there's a certain level of like care that goes into making a film that you know mm-hmm. it's just people talking in a singular space and being able i mean those those moments are really good especially when they're delivered by two actors who can deliver dialogue heavy scenes like that yeah. right so it's just oh man I, I i love this movie i think everybody should watch it at some point whether or not they i mean it's their favorite movie of all time that's fine i love this movie too i agree with you man it's it's a great watch i definitely recommend it you know yeah, I mean, I can see why it's so personal. It's such a good movie, yeah. <laughs> and I, you you have reason to to recommend. I, again, I only recommend the newer one for the comparison. I'm trying to see. I was trying to find something interesting about the 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 trivia. Just add extra stuff. But there's one that you know. It's it's hard to say how factual this is because it's from Wikipedia, right? So I guess the fact that I have that you should take with a grain of salt. It's apparently Sonia Sotomayor says that seeing 12 Angry Men when she was in college influenced her decision to pursue a career in law. So that's kind of neat. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's great. Freaking, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, again, <laughs> like, this was such an influential film to me that like hearing that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. so crazy because like, man, I like, I like, it took me a long time to realize, and this is going back to the personal, like, it took me a long time to realize how much of an impact this film had on me as a kid, because I don't know how I was as a kid before it, I guess, like, I have, like, bits and pieces of memory, but I remember this movie so clearly, and how, the, and how Henry Fonda's character acted so clearly, that I was like, no, like, this guy, this is, this is how it's supposed to be, like, they like, you should 
be taking up the kid, like, you know, taking up the case of like trying to like look out for those people who are like, who are in situations that you, that are less fortunate. And like, you can't just assume the worst of people and mm-hmm. treat them that way based off anything. And like, you know, like whether that's, you know, some of these people are like, Oh, they don't care. Like they, they're racially biased or one reason or another. It's like, so like, I remember that very clearly as a child and then growing up and rem- and, and be, and then when watching it again as an adult being like, it'll like, this is like a very clear like moment for me <laughs> in my fundamental growth of the human that's, being. That's, dude, that's awesome. I um I can't wait to watch another movie that like hits you like that. I know the next one we're probably gonna do is one that is that way for me, which is Oh Brother Where Art Thou. But like, man, I'm so excited to talk about that movie. And you haven't seen that movie, have you? I've I've watched part. Okay. The only I've watched. There's like a scene near the end, I think. I I also saw a bit of when they sing a song. Uh, oh, um, Men of Constant Sorrow. Yeah. And so I saw like parts, like bits and pieces. And I've never I, watched the movie entirely. I know it's based off of like Odysseus. It's based on the Odyssey. Yeah. You know, Homer's the Odyssey. Yeah, so the... I'm hyped for that. Dude, I'm so excited to talk to you about that movie. But I guess that's this is a good point to wrap this one up and say, like, thank you for listening to this episode of the Just Pick Something podcast. Check out 12 Angry Men. We both really liked it. Clearly, this is a really big, influential movie for Franco. But, you know, aside from that, super good watch. And we, we think you should probably check out the 1957 version and also, you know, the 1997 version, too, just to compare it. But with that, the intro and outro song of this podcast is VHS Dreams by Sean Ivers. Link in the description. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Just Pick Something podcast. And until next time. Bye.